0: Welcome, one and all, to The Hedge. I'm Steve Inman with The Game Day. We are joined by a grade A guest today. We've got N1 mixtape legend Wally Dixon, AKA The Main Event. We couldn't be more excited. Wally, thanks for coming on the show. Oh,
1: man. Thank you, Steve, for having me on the show. I feel um, honored to be on the show, be a part of something
0: especially that you have going on over there. Oh, much appreciated. There, I remember playing N one Streetball on PlayStation. So let me first say it is an honor to have you here. Let's start at the beginning. Your mainstream fame started when you originally won the high school national dunk contest. I think, far as with people knowing who Wally Dixon was,
1: and go back a little before that, I want to give credit to uh, AAU, also uh, my PAL coach Tyrone Gibbons and my AAU coach Brian Crawford, the North Rams. Um... And then in high school, for people around the state to see me, uh, the the Nets used to have a slam dunk championship every time, every year. And I won it like
0: three years, maybe four years of my high school, um, my high school uh, career. So that was very big. We'll, We'll get to the Nets in a bit, but a lot of people old enough to remember the glory days of N1 think you might be the greatest dunker of all time. How do you think you stacked up against the Vinces, LeBrons, Jordans, Dominiques of the world? Could you have taken them in a dunk contest in your prime? Well, out of those names that you named,
1: uh I would have to say I would have to say Jordan would have definitely gave me a run for my money because I was trying to emulate some of the Jordan things, some of the Dominique Wilkins things. But the other guys you named, I'm pretty sure they seen some of or bits and pieces
0: of main events. So I think I could have got them. Wow. That is that I is something I would have wanted them. to see. Salute yes, to them. I mean, you mentioned the Nets before mentioning the best of all time. Rumor is you decided not to go to the NBA when you had the chance. you want to walk us through that experience and why you decided to stay on the streetball circuit? Um, Yeah, when I mentioned the Nets just a few minutes ago, the Nets was the ones that hosted that
1: high school slam dunk championship. Um, So now let's just fast forward. Uh, At the time, I was under management by Eugene Napoleon. Uh, Today, I'm managed by TMI. But I told him uh, it was an opportunity next gave me now, remember I was recruited by Jeff Van Gundy and Eddie Jordan. Right. When I signed with Rutgers University, let's say maybe a week after I signed, those guys oh. went on and, and went with their careers, which at the time I was young, I was mad. But I understand maturing that, you know, they did what they had to do and they in a better position than Rutgers, they're in the NBA now. So I think it was a, a two-fold thing where uh, Jeff, Coach Jeff Van Gundy, I want to thank him to this day for giving me an opportunity. And through Eugene Napoleon and through a guy named Ronaldo Mack, who was working for the NBA, they got me a, a chance to work out at the rookies camp. I worked out at the rookies camp for that whole week. I was killing. I got invited to the veterans camp with Jason Kidd and all of those guys. And I told Eugene Napoleon at the time, I said, you know what? I said, I'm not going to go. He was like, what do you mean? I said, there's two reasons why I'm not going to pursue this. I said, the first reason is a year before that I was in a car accident where almost lost my life as well as lost my leg. Oh, I, man. I thought my 10th, 5th, the mercy break went through my leg. So I knew competitive-wise, I knew, excuse me, I knew I couldn't play an 82-game schedule, especially you talking about the NBA. That's high, yeah. high, high. Like When I step on that court, I give my all. So I knew that I would be a disservice to the organization because I wouldn't be able to give my all with my injury. The second reason was, if you go back at any of my interviews I've ever done, I always said, I'm going to stop chasing the NBA dream once I turn 26 years old. But I want to I wanna be blessed to be in a situation where I can practice with those guys, play against those guys, and just see if I'm a good enough or just wasn't good enough. And I fulfilled my own goal, which was that I know I was good enough. Because the yeah. guy who I was killing... They wound up signing him to a 10-day contract, so I fulfilled my own goals, and that was the reason why um, I chose not to pursue that NBA and, and with the Nets. And um, I just went back to the streetball thing, which uh, you know was really my NBA. Rucker Park was my NBA, and uh, I knew I could control the dynamics of that streetball game versus um, selling myself short and not holding up to my end of the bargain with the Nets. That was the reason
0: why I didn't uh, pursue that career. Do you believe that, that accident didn't happen? You would have pursued that NBA opportunity? Oh, definitely. Um, definitely.
1: It would have been now. It just would have been still it to myself at that time. I probably wouldn't have pursued it because I gave myself a timeline. And my timeline was 26 years old. Yeah. And that year, I turned 26 years old.
0: I mean, I have to say, as a New Yorker, I wish I could have seen you at Rucker. People say it's the Garden, but the truth is Rucker Park is the mecca of NYC basketball. Are there any big memories that stick out for you there?
1: Oh, man, there's so many different memories. Uh, people say Rucker Park is the mecca. I also compare Rucker Park to the Apollo because it right. doesn't matter if you're an NBA player, an overseas player, um, an All-American, an or All-State, a Mr. Basketball. They go by what you do that day at that park. So it was a blessing that I was able to perform at a high level day in and day out, no t- never taking no days off. And memorable moments for me was, I-, I played for a guy named Mousy, Mousy's dream team. Okay. And every game, you had to feel like it was the last game, but I just remember playing with some top of the line ball players like Kareem Reed, Elton Brand, uh, Metal warpiece those are my, my championship teams. Future, change Machine. But something that stuck out a lot to me, there was this kid that was there. His name was Keith Sly. And Keith Sly was, um, I don't like to use the word, have a handicap. I just say that God's special uh, individual. Okay, And he always would tell people, this will be merged over with Puffy Team, Bad Boy. So we went from M- Mousy's Dream Team to Bad Boy. And he would always tell people, yo, I'm Bad Boy, I'm Bad Boy, I'm Bad Boy. And this game, man, Mousie put a jersey on him. He got in the game. Half man, half amazing pass from the ball. <sighs> Keith Slav take a jump shot, and the ball was bottom of the net. That's one thing that will always stick out. And another thing would stick out to me. Um, I want to say, like in the nineties, when you see a lot of the guys now going through their legs and dunking the ball. Yeah, I did that on the eighth on the eighth half side. I'm coming on a break. I bounced the ball, went through my legs and dunked it. So a lot of the dunks I see now, I, I, sometimes I feel a little sentimental, like, yeah, I was doing that in the 80s and 90s. But um, there's just so many memories. Playing against a lot of the pro guys, seeing where your game is at, and, and where the pro guys had to adapt to that style of play.
0: We, more physical.
1: Was, oh, yeah, you got the, um, oh, man, so many different guys. Joe Smith, uh, Steve they call them the franchise, um, Francis. So many players came out there, but I mean, that whole experience at Rucker Park is just something special. And for me, it was very special because you know they say the best got to come from the big cities? But I proved the wrong that a kid from Linden, New Jersey, by way of something South Carolina, Dinesdale, South Carolina, went to New York for 11 years and dominated
0: on those courts. I love to hear that. I have to ask while we have you here, who had better handles, Skip to My Lou or Hot Sauce?
1: Um, you really can't put those two in the same. Hot Sauce was more of a, a, a showman, um, like an entertainer. Skip to My Lou could give you both, but then it could fire a little rules. Okay. I just, that's, Hot Sauce is the best ball, the best illegal ball handle I've ever seen in my life. Like, he's great at it because he practiced it. But that rooker game, I'm trying to explain to people, you go to a rucker game or a tournament in New York City, certain things you just can't do. They got real referees. But that player that could give you that show game, maybe throw yeah. a little more, and then give you a, 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 a give and go or, you know, or, or trying to play, that's a special, very special player. So I would have to give it to Skip to my because Skip to my could do both.
0: That is awesome to hear. We talked before the show about the documentary you have in the making about n one I got to tell you, I'm pretty excited. You want to tell us a little bit more about that project?
1: Um, that project I've been working on with my team as well as, as, well as with uh, TMI,
0: uh, the Blacktop
1: Streetball Association uh, company. Uh, I'm basically going to tell that story through my eyes, through my insights on what, what, how it started bringing right. five guys to a company, um, the peak of it, and what was the downfall and what what the black top streetball association have to offer to the culture you know the, the culture is um the community the youth the city the, the the game itself there's so many different elements it's like with hip-hop you can't yeah. have you can't call it hip-hop if you take out the b-boys the b-girls and the graffiti it's no longer hip-hop so we just want to bring back the elements of the ingredients of street basketball and under Blacktop Street Ball Association, we're gonna bring back street basketball. And the the documentary is just basically me telling the story from my insight, being that from the inside and the outside, just giving a share back of what happened, how did it happen? You know, what could have happened? And it's not really the, the bash no one, it's just telling the truth. And I was told that the truth will help or hurt something. And I'm not trying to hurt no one, I just wanna share stories to help someone.
0: That sounds awesome. Do we have like a timeline of when we expect that to come out? I want to say maybe August or September. Awesome. Uh that is that is really great to hear. We can't wait to see that. You know, you mentioned it a little bit before but N1 mixtapes inspired, you know, a whole generation of ballers. How much of your direct influence do you see on some NBA players today?
1: Oh man, a lot. I the way uh the way I would like to to answer that question is you remember what Allen Iverson did as far as the dress code for the NBA? Of course, of course. I, I think our style of play did the same thing for the players on that court, the Kyrie Irvings, the Steph Currys. Um, a lot of those guys took pieces, and they was watching us. They had they was their, their, their ballers. See, the guys that I just named and a lot of other guys, there's a difference between a baller and a hooper. Yeah. You know, so the Kyrie Irvings and them, those are the balls, man. Those are the guys who studied, studied pieces of, of our game, but through their natural abilities and their uh, wanting to be the best. And, and, and go back to Iverson, how they wanted everybody to be in the suits and no tattoos. But when he showed them that it could be this way, I think that's the same impact that street basketball gave to the NBA guys, to where the owners and the league is say, hold up, let's take the shackles off a little bit and let them go out there and do their thing because we was able to see, well, myself, I was able to see Ray for Austin and Skip to my Lou.
0: Yeah.
1: The NBA was only able, they were only one to share Ray for Austin with us. Imagine if they would have let uh, Skip to my Lou break out. Oh, man.
0: It would have <laughs> been incredible. Is there a guy in the NBA today that reminds you of, of you? Um, I like the Blake
1: Griffin. Griffin. Uh, uh, the K- Kwawe. See, I was I was more of a, a game dunker. Like that yes. was my thing, coming down that middle, just just banging it. You know the Vince Carter when he was playing. There's a couple of guys that out there that got that bounce, but you know, uh, I give credit to a lot of those guys. You see the dunk contests. I of give course. a lot of credit, but at some point, I, I really believe that they was watching some of the the street ball legends, um, they take bits and pieces, and I, and I commend them for doing it on that high level.
0: I feel like the dunk contest has gotten a little stale. Like it seems like the, these guys are not really being creative. We got to get you to coach them up and be like, Hey, try this, try that. You know, you, you get one of these guys under your wing, you know, who knows you could revitalize the dunk contest.
1: Man. I would love to do that. I, I, I say this and I always say it. I could get five guys or maybe three guys. Okay. That will go against any person in the NBA far as dunking. And what I don't like about the NBA dunk contest is that, see, Jordan went against Dominique. Like, the, the top elite went against each other. It's okay, to, it's okay to take a loss during the All-Star weekend. I want to see these heavy hitters, the superstars, go out there
0: and put on a show. That's why I mean, I We still what haven't seen LeBron James. LeBron James has been around forever. We have not seen him do a dunk contest yet. Yeah. That's the king. You know,
1: um, the king don't want to be the, the, the throne in any way. I get it. But at the end of the day, those are the essence. And that goes back to what we talked about earlier about the essence of something where the best win against the best, the best stuff the best, you know. Um, and that's what it's got to get back to. So I think that's going to be more of the competitive side because the guy, like you said, LeBron James in the dunk contest, that cat that's coming up in the rankings, he's going to work extra hard because he yeah. know if he
0: beat the king, he's going to always be known as beating the king, not winning the dunk contest, but beating the king we got to find a way to incentivize that's top guys to do it. I mean, obviously they have all the money in the world, so it's not going to be that, but you know, you have OB Toppin versus Anthony, Anthony Simons, no disrespect to them, but that's not what we want to see. We want to see the King. We want to see, you know, these big time guys. We want to see Zion Williamson. We got to find a way to say, Hey, this is, this is important. Make this work. That's very important, man. And and you know what? They could do so to where it only has to be a
1: winner. Just, Certain amount of dunks, a certain amount of points you get, we're going to donate to a charity or something. You know, Love it. We'll take that off, but we got to get that essence of it, of it back. But if they keep playing around, like I said, I got about five guys and I'll put against anybody in the world as far as dunking.
0: That is, that is so cool to hear. We, uh, we got to get you involved in that for sure. Lastly, before we wrap up the show, I hear you're working with Blacktop Streetball Organization. Could you tell us what you're doing with them? Well, I'm the CEO of the Black Times Street Streetball Association. Been working on this for about maybe two years now. Um,
1: it's just bringing back the whole essence of street basketball, bringing back all the components. And with someone like myself, with the blessings being a narrator of what it should be, I think it's going to be awesome, not only for the, the players, but also just for the culture. We can't let the culture die. Streetball's been here before, it's going to be after us, but it's all about what's being portrayed in street basketball. For me, street basketball meant a lot to me because it was a safe haven. It kept me out of trouble and I want to do the same thing and have opportunities that was given to me to the, to the future. And that's what street basketball, Blacktown Street Ball is all about. Opportunity, putting on a good game, going back to
0: street basketball. Wally, this has been so great. The main event. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, man. God bless you. Take care. Don't forget, still mass up. And be blessed. Absolutely. That is going to do it for us here on The Hedge. A special thanks to Wally Dixon for joining us. Once again, thank you for watching The Hedge on YouTube and listening to our pod on Apple and Spotify. Make sure to keep it locked in on the game day and we will talk to you soon.